We're going to get started in just a minute. But before we do, I want to talk to you about Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. This is what I use for my podcast, and it is fantastic. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Glad to have you with me today. Thank you so much for joining this conversation. And I'm excited about the guests that we have on today and the conversation that we will have. Looking forward to that. Before we jump into that, though, I want to remind you, if you're listening to the show, either at Mojo50 or on the podcast uh, platforms, thank you for doing that. Make sure you subscribe wherever it is you're listening from so that you're notified when the next episode comes online. Want to make sure that you are notified as soon as that comes out. And I uh, hope that you will stay in contact there. After the show, after you get done listening to this, take some time. Go over to YouTube. You can find my channel there. Jeremy Stalnecker is my name. Jeremy Stalnecker is the name of the channel. Go ahead and find that and uh, subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Share that content out if you think it would be helpful to someone else. That would be fantastic. Any other information that you would like about me, I have a blog. On that blog, all of my social contacts, just about everything about me is there. Uh, JeremyStalnecker.com. Check that out. That would be fantastic. And uh, again, I appreciate you joining me today. Looking forward to this conversation and our guest today. Uh, one of the, the topics, maybe the topic, that I spend the most time thinking about and uh, trying to understand is the topic of trauma. Life trauma. Uh, for those of you that listen to this show, you know that I work for an organization called the Mighty Oaks Foundation. And we serve uh, basically three communities. We serve the veteran community the active duty military community, those who are currently serving, and the first responder community, which is pretty broad. Uh, we also do our best to serve their families. And, and most of what we talk about related to our uh, serving them is trauma. <laughs> trauma either related to their service, uh, maybe for their country, and if they're in the military, or to their communities if they're in the first responder community. Maybe it's trauma that they experienced before they put on a uniform, but they carried into their military or uh, first responder service, and that has now had other uh, ramifications in their lives. Uh, trauma, it's something that we talk about a lot, something that I think about a lot, and, and something that I have the opportunity to approach as we, again, serve these communities, to approach from the perspective of Scripture, a faith perspective. Some might say it's a faith-based perspective, whatever phrase you use. Uh, what we do is we start with acknowledging that God is, uh, that God is outside of time and space, that he's bigger than us, that he is transcendent, that God created us for a purpose, that he has a plan for our lives, and that in spite of the traumas and the trials and the difficulties and the obstacles that we experience, God still has a plan and a purpose for our lives. 
uh, that living brings trauma, uh, that trials and obstacles come to all of us. That's why this show is called The March or Die Show. Uh, again, if you've listened to a couple of episodes, you know that our premise is simple. <laughs> In life, you can stay where you are and die just giving up emotionally, spiritually, relationally, or you can march putting one foot in front of the other, moving toward that place that God created you to be. You can do that, but it's a choice you need to make. Trauma is not something that needs to prevent you from moving forward unless you allow it to. But understanding all of that through the lens of God is, He created, He has a plan and a purpose for our life, and He's given us the Bible to follow and align our lives to, it changes the conversation. Now, I know that that perspective is difficult for uh, a lot of people to accept. Uh, on one side, there are those who would call themselves Christians that would uh, deny that anything else, <laughs> any other treatments, any other therapies, anything else can be helpful as it relates to trauma. And then there's the other side that says faith and Scripture and God have no place. Uh, I'm always grateful when I can talk to someone that can articulate how the starting point is God and how that helps us to move through uh, the help that we need to get to the place that we really need to be in spite of the traumas of life. My guest today uh, does that. His name is Josh Holler. Josh has written a book called Redeeming Warriors, Redeeming Warriors, Veteran Suicide, Grieving, and the Fight for Faith. And in that book, he uses his experience as a United States Marine serving uh, in combat, coming home and finding his way into ministry, and now serving in ministry, uses those experiences to help us understand how, in spite of our traumas, in spite of our trials, in spite of our difficulties and obstacles, we can live a purposeful, hope-filled life. And uh, I'm so thankful for this conversation. I know that it will be an encouragement to you. I also know that there's someone in your life that needs to hear this conversation, please, when it's over, share it out, get it out to the folks that need it, and that would be fantastic. Again, thank you for joining me, and I trust that this conversation with Josh Haller will be an encouragement to you. Josh Haller, appreciate you being with me today. Thanks for taking some time, man. Absolutely, man. Pleasure to be on the show today. We were uh, connected through a mutual friend, Gabe Wrench, over at CrossPolitik, and uh, he's been on, uh, on these shows uh, several times and thankful for his friendship, but really glad he would connect us. Um, we have not the same background, but a similar background. We've kind of covered some of the same yeah. ground. You were in 1st Battalion, 7th Marines. That's right. Uh, 29 Palms. That's a terrible place to grow up. It is. It is. <laughs> Everything is uphill after there, though. Everything. Everything is uphill after there. It's funny, when I... Um, so I was going through the process of uh, my commission. I was able to choose, or not choose, you don't choose in the Marine Corps, but I was able to put down yeah, three right. choices. And my my number one choice was 29 Palms because I was told that real Marines train in 29 Palms. And then yeah. I had the opportunity to visit 29 Palms. And I realized this is a terrible place. It's a, <laughs> it's a terrible place. Yeah. But you, I've heard it described the seventh ring of hell. <laughs> when once the BC was, at, was trying to convince people to reenlist, and he, he said, give me one reason to leave the Marine Corps. And somebody sarcastically in the back said, I want to see grass again. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Yeah, it's awesome. We were, I, so I was at 5th Marines at Camp Pendleton, um, and we were on the coast, a very different environment. But we spent many, many painful months out in the desert. Um, but uh, really appreciate uh, what you're doing now. And uh, what you do now speaks to to me because, really, I've experienced and worked through um, God bringing together 
my military service, my ministry background, and my ministry service together to serve those who are struggling, having come out of the military. And, um, you know, with the organization that we have, Mighty Oaks, we work with veterans, of course, active duty service members, first responders, many of those who are dealing with trauma. And uh, so much we could talk about, but you just wrote a book on this that was released at the end of last year. Uh, The book is called Redeeming Warriors. And uh, the tagline is veteran suicide, grieving, and the fight for faith. There it is. And uh, I'll encourage everyone at the end of the show again to go and find that. It's available just about everywhere, I think. It looks like you can find it anywhere. And uh, I went to Amazon. But uh, Redeeming Warriors, and uh, I I love this. This is the way that you describe uh, maybe your approach to trauma and and, uh, your explanation of this. Um, PTS or post-traumatic stress is not born out of exposure to trauma, but broken relationships between people and God. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah, I think it is. Um, yeah, PTSD is definitely, and, and trauma is the, the factor, the catchphrase that kind of sucks the out of the room when we talk about veteran suicide in particular. And uh, it's, it's hard because on, on one hand, it's certainly true that guys have experienced trauma. There's a higher rate of suicide. It's also harder when talking about veteran suicide, at least, to get past the fact that most people who um, that are taking their lives that like the point of global war and terrorism, GWAT actually have never seen combat or haven't right. been deployed. Right. But nevertheless, getting to get this horizontal dimension of a broken relationships, the ultimate broken relationship we must deal with is that with, with our creator, with God. And so much that happens in this world of the military and veteran suicide, PTSD, there's this worldview operating behind it. I want to get, at least in the book, I wanted to get back through a biblical lens to look at the military through that, those spectacles. Um, when I got involved in the work that I do, it took me a while. Even I was, I was serving on a pastoral staff for a while. I was pastoring a church for a while. Um, I knew what the Bible said about trauma. I spent a lot of time in Psalms and, and read through this and tried to understand it. But then applying what I knew of scripture to what I was being told about the military experience and even coming from the military, it took me a while to understand how those two dimensions connected, the spiritual with the physical, to understand uh, trauma as something that we experience, that everyone experiences, something like 70% of Americans will experience a a clinically diagnosable traumatic event. I can't say the word traumatic event at some point in their lives. So it's something we all experience. But I had a hard time bringing those two things together. And it wasn't until I was confronted with the reality that many of the men that I had served with not only were dealing with trauma, some had taken their lives, broken relationships in their families, that I had to figure it out. And, and that was a journey for me. Um, can you talk a little bit about that journey for you? Coming through the military, um, you're now in ministry and counseling ministry and bringing all of that together. Uh, what did that look like for you to, to come to that point? Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was, I was um, one of these guys, I was raised in a Christian home. I'm not sure if I was a Christian, maybe, maybe I was, but I was definitely living a, a rebellious, at least in terms of faith lifestyle. Yeah. And I joined the military because I wanted my freedom. <laughs> uh, really when I, when I think back on it, I didn't really, I knew that the military wasn't going to get freedom. But I wanted is I wanted to go roll around in my sin, and I didn't want people that knew me from back home right. to know me, me my my new context. I want a new set of friends to go do what I wanted to do. Yeah, which is just super ironic because 
four years of, of not doing what I wanted to do, <laughs> being told to do, yes, the corporal, yes, sir, you know, everything, yes, sir, and so, so forth. Um, really, what, what merging those two worlds, the physical, spiritual, my story, uh, it was the time in the military was bittersweet. Um, super thankful for my time, thankful for the friendships, thankful for the benefits that have come, been able to go to school and seminary. But the bitter was not just like in hardships that happened during the time, but it's with the, the loss of friends during my time. And then um, coming off of active duty with nine, actually 10, as of last month, have um, guys that I knew that have taken their own life. And so where I began to interrogate and look back on my four years and question, you know, what just happened? How do I make sense of these four years? I'm, I'm finally, I'm sitting like many Many enlisted guys suddenly they're like Happy Gilmore or no Billy Madison going back to school, sitting around all right. these adolescent kids that are looking for their safe place and feeling extremely disconnected, very lonely, very separated from God, and then getting a like a phone call. I had a friend, his name is Yun, that took his own life, and and then it just started. It was just like once a year, another guy, another two a year, three a year. And so, at least for me, that was one of the, uh, what's the word, uh, is the catalyst to go back to my faith and ask, what do I really believe? Do I really believe this? Uh, do I really believe that there is a transcendent authority in God that gives meaning and purpose to all things? Mm. Do I really believe that if he's good, that um, things like veterans, like suicide can happen? And do I still believe in his benevolent character? At least that was at least part of my journey. And where, where it led me is uh, over a lot, many, many years was through college, ended up at a Christian college and on to seminary and into ministry. And I remember just sitting back at some point and thinking like, I mean, somebody needs to write a book about this. Like from a Christian perspective, we've got a lot of, uh, Jeremy, I don't know if you've seen that. I'm sure you've seen this on, on Facebook. You know, you get like the Wish uh, and Etsy, you know, advertisements, but then they'll come up like the, the, the ministries, or I, I want to call it a ministry, but a nonprofit, like tell Valhalla project. Right. Right. Dude, right. I don't know about you, but like, right. that is one of the things that it burns in my bones to see that on one yep. hand, I'm thankful, super thankful. People want to remember and mem memorialize that have died. And the second hand, I look at that and I see that is a, it's a mythical place. Right. It has no objective grounding and we have the truth of scripture. Right. And I, I want to stand in the truth of scripture and translate that message um, to my military friends. Yeah. You, it's funny you say that. I, I see that uh, hashtag or even in comments, someone will say that we just lost a brother, um, Till Bahala. And it, Christian people, it's a, it's a very strange thing to me. And it's so hopeless and empty that uh, I agree. We need to confront that. Um, when you're talking about... Um, you know, these issues. One of the struggles that we have is taking the clinical and applying, you know, the scriptural. And I've gone through a process of, um, I'll say growth, I think, in my understanding of this. Uh, I used to take a position that was very hard line, that the clinical has no place, that medication has no place, uh, that therapy has no place, I believe in the sufficiency of scripture. That is it. It's the beginning. It's the end. It's everything. Um, and although I still believe that, that 
you know, the Bible is sufficient. It is God's word to us. It provides everything we need to uh, not only understand life, but understand how to move forward in life and understand our purpose and the things that we talk about. Um, I have come to understand that there is a benefit to cl uh, clinicians, to medical professionals, even to medication if done correctly and if there's a plan for getting off of it and if it's used as a tool instead of an endpoint. Um, and therapies as well. Um, and bringing those two things together is um, sometimes frowned upon. It's called integration on one hand. Um, I look at it not as integration, but that the starting point is faith and there are other tools that can help us to move forward. But a lot of Christian people um, have a hard time contextualizing that. And then people who aren't Christian people say, well, in the faith community, you dismiss these other helps. And so I'm not even going to consider what you have to say. Um, how do you address that as you're dealing with folks and helping people work through that? And, and this may be unique to the military setting. Um, I, I don't know that it is, but it might be. <laughs> but everyone I know that's come to our programs, over 4,000 people, started with the clinical and found us somehow. And we have to kind of deconstruct that. How do you work with that? Yeah, I think, and I think quickly, at least in Christian circles, it can almost become a faith versus science kind right, of thing. Sure. And, and so I, I've sometimes that label of integration is thrown as a, as a pejorative. I'll own it if what they mean is this, like I'll affirm the sufficiency of scripture, but scripture is not exhaustive. It's sufficient for what we need. It doesn't tell us how to do brain surgery. Right. It may give parameters right. for ethics and so forth, but we, we need to recognize all truth is God's truth. Scriptures are standard and we have, and he gives a specific special revelation, but he's also created the world and created it in good yeah. And we can discover things yeah. within this created order, like medicine and new surgeries. Uh, I was just, I have a friend that was a, um, he, he wasn't a helicopter pilot in Blackhawks. He did something in the back with the, the shock trauma teams. And he, and he has PTSD every time he hears the, uh, the helos going. It's just, that's a trigger for him. And there's this new ther therapy, I've, I've Googled it actually, EMDR, that's right. Mm, yep. And it's actually been successful for him. Well, I think we should praise God that we can discover some of these things like that. I get the skepticism that people have in faith circles. If I think what they, what is at play is that there are Christians that think that they have to lay aside their beliefs or something to that, that kind. And, and by no means do we have to right. do that. If we can discover a medicine that um, would uh, cure the neurological pathways and give us new ones for addictions, we would be, not only would you be very rich, we would be buying it overnight <laughs> and Christians would be all behind it. Right. Um, so I think that's just one way, just a little bit of debunking and then better synthesis of understanding how our scriptures are standard, but it's not exhaustive. It's, it is absolutely sufficient. Coming from the other end of the spectrum though, as somebody that's a non-Christian coming to this and seeing I'm missing something, I think a lot of what um, some of the trans, some of the roads that get to the transcendence are ways that we can um, sort of undercut and show somebody's somebody's worldview is insufficient. So the, the basic questions of where do we come from? Uh, why is there something rather than nothing? Right, right. Why is there meaning? Uh, where are we going? What's the end of it all? Those are questions that are very unsatisfactorily. Uh, answered or not answered at all if you're coming from a strict medicine uh, only scientific worldview uh, science can't account for 
the beginning of all things or for meaning of, the, of life. Um, but scripture can't. Right. And so I think, I think there's, there's definitely, there's roads and some of the things, some of the truths, Jeremy, that we see all over the Marine Corps. I mean, you see Semper Fidelis. Well, faithful by, by what standard? Yeah. Uh, or, you know, honor, yeah. courage, and commitment. Yeah. Why is it we have such a high value of sacrifice? Well, that wasn't just something that was merely evolved. And that's not something a pill can answer. That actually is embedded into you because you've been made as a creature in the image of God. But I'm sorry to ramble, get on my soapbox. No, it's great. I think it's a really important conversation because I believe that over, um, I don't know, over the last 10 years, let's say, I don't know, Christians, the Christian community, particularly the Christian counseling community is, is starting to understand what you just articulated a little bit better. Prior to that, and even, you know, through my years of growing up in the church, uh, if you went to a therapist, if you considered clinical treatment for something that was considered, uh, you know, mental or emotional, uh, it, it meant you were turning your back on God, right? And that's not what it meant. But I think a lot of people didn't get help because, because of that. And I like to think of it as if you're coming from it, uh, coming at this from a clinical perspective, you're starting with the clinical and you're looking for tools to help. And faith may be one of those tools where we would say the starting point is faith and there are tools that may help you along the way. And so it's, yeah, it's which end are you starting from? And, and understanding that I think can really give hope because what is the hope? You're exactly right. If there's no transcendence, if we evolved and we're some kind of a cosmic accident, then, then what's the point? Right. And a lot of people yeah. come to that place. What are we doing here then? Like, what are we doing here? Um, when you talk to folks who are struggling with trauma, um, again, I agree with your premise. Uh, and in fact, that's how we operate is from the premise that uh, it's, it's the broken relationships with people and with God, primarily with God. And that one then leads often to those broken relationships with people and with others to then hopelessness and despair. Um, when you're talking to someone, they show up in your office and sit down across the table from you and they're going through this. They've been through some traumatic event or a series of traumatic events. Um, perhaps they're just finding themselves in you know, some kind of a, a depression or a despair and they don't know why, but there's something back there. There's something that's keeping them from moving forward. Uh, understanding that this is common to all of us where do you start that conversation and how do you get someone to begin moving on the road? We'll say to healing. Um, to me, it's really alignment with God, but how do you, how do you get them moving on that road? Where do you start and what are some of the steps that you would offer? Sure. Yeah. If, if, and, and people have come to me, I, I don't want to take my experience and say that this is common for everybody. I've been in a student family capacity. So it's not like veterans are who I'm primarily serving. Right. But the first thing is I just want to affirm like tell that person, thank you for opening up and talking about That's this. Because something that is for sure, I, this is a bit of anecdotal, but it's been experienced by so many people um, that I, I tend to think that this is probably the case, is that we disqualify, we often trauma to ourselves or other people disqualify themselves because they yeah. think the only trauma that counts is if, like I saw my friend's legs blown off yep. and if I committed mole injury. And the truth is a uh, uh, rape, can have a, a sexual trauma, can have um, PTSD side effects are just as strong as somebody who um, has witnessed somebody killed or, or yep. combat experience. And there's even emotional trauma and triggers. There's spiritual abuse in the church. God, I don't know if you've heard of the Christianity Today's doing um, the rise and fall of Mars Hill. 
Hmm. And there's ecclesial and spiritual abuse that took place. And I'm, I'm listening to this and I'm like, wow, there's real trauma that happens within the church oftentimes. But because it's not this kind of like physical trauma, it's dismissed as if, well, it's not worthy to be talked about. So the first thing I want to do, just affirm, thank you for opening up on this. The second thing I want to do is acknowledge that we, we're operating on a, a horizontal and a vertical dimension. The horizontal being broken relationships with each other and with yeah. the person that has wounded me or a situation. And vertical being that ultimately our hope isn't going to be in being fixed. We may deal with um, triggers for trauma or experience for the rest of our lives, but our hope is ultimately in Jesus Christ. So I want to beeline into the gospel and put every, everything under the lordship of Christ and subservience to Him, and saying we're going to we're going to operate in this counseling session or multiple sessions, or if we hand you off to somebody else, but we're going to do it underneath the shadow of the Almighty, knowing that He is foremost amongst all. The, those are the first kind of two or three, three three steps and rhythms that I want to consistently make Jeremy, and then from there it really just depends on their story. Right. Um, I I think I'll just I'll mention this, and you want to follow it, you can. The church, the person in the pew is more equipped to love the person with trauma and, and more strategically located than we give ourselves credit for and um, uh, more at hand to minister to a person's life than a specialist. And so if the church can be equipped to think of themselves as general practitioners yeah. of loving their neighbor, then we have organizations and specialists that when we go through our practice like, hey, there's something just deeper going on here. I don't know what how to help you, but I'm going to continue to be a friend for you. I'm going to be there for you. And um, but we, you need to get some professional counseling or X, Y, Z. Yeah. Um, those are some of the some of the rhythms and contours to follow. I think. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, yeah, starting with that affirmation is so important. It, it it's amazing. I I would imagine you've experienced this as well. I'm sure you have that someone that you know or served with takes their life and everyone around them says, I didn't see it coming. I didn't know what was happening. And then you dig a little bit deeper and the signs were there, but they did internalize it. Um, I've said before that definitions are only helpful if they serve as a bridge to healing. <laughs> mm. And sometimes I think we define trauma so narrowly that people don't get the help that they need. Uh, a yeah. good, good friend of mine, chaplain friend, defines trauma as an event or series of events that pushes one beyond their ability to cope. Mm. That's it. So take away, you know, observing death or near death and some of those other things that we talk about that would be clinically diagnosed. Uh, if you've experienced something that's pushed you beyond your ability to cope in daily life, that's traumatic. And we need to deal with that. I think that's great. Start with the affirmation. Um, absolutely mm. incredible. Um, and then your point about the church, I have this conversation often with pastors and church leaders who will come to us because of what we do and say something like this. Uh, we don't feel equipped to counsel or serve the veterans in our church. Uh, can you equip us? And then I'll step back and say, do you do any counseling of any other kind? Some churches don't. Uh, well, yes, we counsel, you know, and give all the categories. It's not different than, <laughs> than that. There's there's service is what it is. They may hide behind it. Certainly having a veteran to broach that is, is helpful, but um, the church is equipped. If you know how to use the word of God to address the problems in life, uh, even the deep ones, uh, 
you are equipped. And, and I do make a distinction, and I think you just made that distinction between pastoral counseling and you know perhaps deeper biblical counseling and the need for specialists. But certainly applying scripture, absolutely, in that church community, that's where the help can be found. And that's a great, yeah. great point. I've noticed that the disqualifying factor of like, we, we don't know what to do. It's like, do you know how to say hi to somebody? <laughs> right. Yes. Do, do you not ask them for coffee or dinner? Yes. Do, do it Treat them like you would treat another person. You don't have to think like they're this wounded duck and I've got to, right. to, right. I, I don't know what that is. I think part of it's in due to we've uh, sensationalized violence and, and, and we made portrayed soldiers and Marines and airmen and movies and video games to be like these super soldiers <laughs> that can, exp- and like, we're just people. Yeah. There's people. I just chose to, instead of going to college right away, I joined the military, right. but I'm just a person. And we shouldn't do things like, Hey, did you ever kill somebody? Right. Like, <laughs> this is good. Let's get all the bad, bad ideas. Out of right. Life. Right. Like, let's not jump there. Why don't you just ask him, Hey, why'd you join the military? Tell me about that. What was yeah. it like the first time you came home um, and you noticed like, wow, I'm different. And all of a sudden you're off and you're running and you're building a relationship. Yeah. Build a relationship. Yeah. It's not that's, hard. No, that's fantastic. Yeah. It, it is crazy. Um, and, and watching in the church context, you know, men and women get around folks who are struggling with various issues, things like it's crazy, things like drug addiction sexual assault and violence and those things. Well, you're probably not equipped to help with that either, That's but you know true. how to love them through it. But if yeah. a guy wore a uniform, then somehow it's different. And some of that is our fault as a veteran community. Um, you know, we've made ourselves a segment of society that people need to stay away from. And that's not helpful either. Right. But, uh, that's true. Yeah. Man, so much good stuff here. Josh, we could talk for a long time. Hopefully we'll be able to do this again in a longer format. Uh, yeah, for those okay. that want to follow you, want to learn about your work and certainly get your book, um, maybe point them to those places so they can get the resources they need. Sure. Well, you can pick up the book. Uh, you can go to Amazon, just type Redeeming Warriors. It'll appear right above the romance novel, the Viking <laughs> lover, warriors, like that. Good, good. You can go to, uh, go to redeemingwarriors.com. And then um, I, on Facebook, I think I have an author page, Joshua D. Holler. And you can like that. And I'm, I'll be putting, I drop shows and resources in there. I'm pre- pretty selective. I don't spam people. You can go to those things. Nice. Awesome. Josh, thank you so much for what you're doing. And uh, again, look forward to having a longer conversation in the future, but uh, thanks for doing it. It's such important work and um, man, very, uh, uh, very much what we do. It's our heart here at uh, the Mighty Oaks Foundation as well. So thanks for doing it and uh, look forward to talking again. Appreciate it, brother. I so appreciate Josh's perspective. Uh, so many of the topics that he brought up, I, I, I want to just lean into and spend all day talking about uh, because he has such a clear mind on these and we'll get him on. We'll talk again, of course, but make sure that you go to Amazon or wherever it is you buy books from and get the book Redeeming Warriors by Josh Holler, Redeeming Warriors by Josh Holler. Pick that up. It will be a help to you and or someone that you know, make sure that you get that out to them. Uh, This perspective is the right perspective. Again, in my experience, it is a perspective of faith that allows us to see clearly the traumas, the trials, the difficulties, and the obstacles of life so that we can move forward in a hope-filled, purposeful way. Check that out, and uh, I know it will be an encouragement to you. Very thankful that Josh would join me today. As we conclude, I'll conclude the way we do every week. Remember in life... When the difficulties do come, and they will, 
when the enemy is attacking you, and the enemy will, you only have two choices. You can choose to stay where you are and die, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, just getting by but not really serving the purpose for which you were created, or you can choose to march. What are you going to do? Thank you. Talk to you next week. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Hear about how Steve Harvey surprised a dying man on Family Feud with $25,000. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hardworking pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com or search Story Behind on your favorite podcast platform.